you're listening to the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Harden, and I'm so glad you showed up for our relationship chat today, as well as for you and your people. We're all about living intentionally here so you can experience joy and balance in your relationships once again or for the very first time. Be sure you hang with us on our social media platforms. And if you like research like I do, make sure you check out our website at enneagramandmarriage.com for our weekly newsletter, freebies, and so much more, as well as at Instagram and Facebook. We have so many goodies to share with you. Let's dive right in together. Hi guys, thank you so much for joining for this very special episode where we get to talk together with Charlie Peacock and Andy Ashworth. Such a fun couple, such a sacred conversation on why everything that doesn't matter matters so much, the way of love in a world of hurt. This is a topic surrounding what we can do in not just the big, profound life sort of echoing, reverberating, epic ways that Charlie and Andy have done through the world. If you know, they're a four-time Grammy-winning couple who has hosted uh, everybody, famous celebs, down to their own kids, youth, and so many others in their art house in an over 25-year span, along with all the producing, writing, songwriting with credits leading to the civil wars and you name it, they've been probably part of it, their extensive resume and credentials in IMDb and all the rest are just so prolific and beautiful. But like I said, we're not just talking about the big stuff today with them. We're talking about the everyday little things that have come to matter more to them as they've processed, especially over, uh, yes, over 50 years span together, incredibly, but even over the last seven years, especially of taking some time to reflect on legacy and what matters most. And we get to share in that today and on the pages of their book as we talk with them in a conversation, yes, about Enneagram, yes, about their love story, but also about what matters and authenticity and being real and being people who know how to give and who know how to rest. So I love when we get to have these conversations with these juxtapositions of, ah, we know we have a lot to do and we know we get weary, but can we just talk about it? Can we talk about uh, how real and hard it can be? Can we really let down our walls and have friendships where we're super authentic. I know we talk a lot about that on the pod, and that's why it's the perfect timing as we start this new year. Many of you are goal-getting, 10-stepping, three-stepping over here or there with me, and they just remind us, guys, slow down, stop thinking in terms of so many steps, and start embracing the present. And they say this, of course, I'll let them share more, but with the humility that knows we're going to make mistakes along the way. But here's the big questions you could be listening for and looking in between the lines that we're sharing today out loud. And that is, how can I really connect with my people? And as you'll meet them, we'll talk about how their heart types and how they can truly give us that reminder for those of us like me who are analyzing thinking or you're doing out there, you're in your uh, body and you're just going and going. And they just remind us to sit and be there with people. And even the heart types who are busy, you guys can hear this too. So let's do this work. Let's learn how to uh, just live a little bit more wisely and richly from Charlie and Andy today. Thanks, guys, so much for joining us. Charlie and Andy, I am so happy and honored, and all of our audience is, that we get to have you on the e podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Yes, we're Thank so delighted much. to be with you, Krista. Oh. Thank you. Yes, of course, with your writing, producing, music, everything you're sharing through you, this generation, your kids' generation, and onward. Now we get a new book from you. We're going to talk about that. But first, our audience, of course, you know what they want to hear. Enneagram type, they want to hear about how you met. So would you mind sharing a little bit of your story with us? Absolutely. Go ahead. Yes. Well, we have been together or uh, just in life, a little over 50 years. We met in uh, at marching band practice in our freshman year, right before our freshman year of high school. Yeah. And at first we, we were just friends. We grew a really close friendship and we could just talk and talk and talk about many things. And then in our sophomore year, right before that started, we began to see each other mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, 
what whatever dating was back then, which was yeah. bike riding and um, park. going to the park and going for ice cream and all of those things. And we just had a lot in common. So we we could have we we loved having long, long conversations. And um, during one of our early dates, my husband to be at that point, who was my boyfriend, mm-hmm. brought me a little turtle in a little Chinese food box. If anybody's been around long enough to know the days when you could get go to the dime store and get a little turtle <laughs> and bring it home and keep it as a pet. Oh, that was that was his first gift to me. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah. What gift how fun yeah sweet so um yeah what else can you add um well for me I was I just thought Andy was just the most beautiful girl in the world you know and that if she were to be my girlfriend I would be like the the luckiest boy at Yuba City High School (laughs) (laughs) in Northern California. So, um, yes, uh, I, I fell madly in love, you know, much to our parents, uh, chagrin, Mm. you know, and, uh, but we really were, um, inseparable and that, you know, uh, we have, of course we have, um, adult grandchildren and grandchildren they're still teenagers and mm-hmm. and <laughs> the last thing we're doing is recommending that they get married at 18 and 19 yeah you know yeah um, but um we did it and yeah. by god's grace we yeah. are still here uh together mm-hmm. and um you know mm-hmm. have a have a, a um an odyssey story to tell you know many many changes of of fortune and changes of mind and heart and um but yeah i mean we're we're stuck together at this point (laughs) i think it's i think if you figured i think it's been well our 50th wedding anniversary is coming up uh soon but we've actually been together about 53 years Gosh, congratulations. That is beautiful. You guys have, Mm -hmm. like you said, really had this whole gamut of experiences. I love how you likened it to the Odyssey. Just it's been epic. Mm -hmm. And what's so beautiful is you're not withholding it. You are like, I have it to share. We're going to share it. And Mm -hmm. I know you also probably just steal away and have your times together. Um, One Mm -hmm. of the fun things we talked about before coming on also was you guys know mostly your Enneagram types, but you're still sort of exploring. And what uh, I'm sure our audience is sort of assessing too, they're thinking, which types are they? And hopefully you're making (laughs) guesses out there. I can always share them with us. But what I loved hearing either way is you both have huge hearts. Um, You mentioned Charlie, uh, that you believe you're a three and Andy, Mm -hmm. you said you're perhaps a two and a four. And what's fascinating about that is those types really like to spend a lot of time together. So you really described that already. I know you're right on. I'm not sure Mm -hmm. whether Andy's a two or a four, but, uh, tell us about that because that's something all of our heart type listeners would love to hear is, um, how do you manage spending a lot of time together and then maybe pulling away and taking little breaks? How do you do that as heart types? Yeah, we're, Mm. we're very content to be Mm. together. I mean, like like Andy described, we've always been that way. Um, now, I will say this. Um, Andy is probably, and you correct me if I'm wrong okay. in this, but you're probably the first, you know, to get cabin fever mm-hmm. among, among the two of us, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. whereas I can like, you know, stick it out in one room doing one thing, you know, for a long time, like more longer than most humans, you know, and, and that's, that's what has made me, you know, a successful yes. record producer. 
is because, you know, I, you give this dog a bone and you're not getting it back until it's chewed. <laughs> oh, I love that. And that speaks to the energy on that two side of you, but also the four side of your, you know, like you have these wings and, yeah. um, it, of course, she may represent those wings too, because she's surrounding you with her type. But like, I'm just saying, yeah. for what, from what you just said, Charlie, like your four side is your artistry, your three side is your producing, this two side of you has the energy flow. So it's a very good space for you that God put you in, obviously, to do this prolific mm. work. But yes. then to have a partner who gets that, who's running with this huge heart of love. Um, you said she gets mm -hmm. cabin fever a little sooner. And by that, I was wondering, because this also distinguishes the two from the four, Andy, do you get more cabin fever? Like I, I need to have a little space to create and I need to go withdrawal? Or do you get cabin fever like I need to get out and I need to get my big energy out um well I need I'm I'm very relational so I need to have uh at some point in the day if we've been working just in the house on our different things or together whatever we're doing we we have worked at home for a very long time yeah. um and for so for right now, it's more if I need to be have a conversation with a friend, mm -hmm. you know, or just a neighbor or just yeah. get out of the house and connect with a conversation outside of, of our home. So I think that's what he's talking about. So cabin fever, more that even if I go out on a walk and I see a walk or a drive, yeah, walk or a drive and go out and I see other people or I take a walk and I see a neighbor and I chat for a minute mm -hmm. that that really helps that fills a place in me or uh yeah so but in terms of how i get filled up i'm more classic introvert so i do get filled up by to be with people by being on my own mm -hmm. you know and so that's why i can that's why i'm a writer because i can yeah. be in a room and right for long periods of time but i also need the people part so i can't mm -hmm. yeah. just be all the way one or all the way the other yeah sadly and this is a part <laughs> of of my you know character development at 67 years of age that where i i want to to be more personal and not transactional only yeah. and and I didn't even realize how transactional I was because, you know, I had spent 35 years in a recording studio, yeah. always surrounded by people. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So I didn't. Yeah. And they were my friends. They still are my friends. I love yeah. them, love them deeply. But we were all carrying on a kind of transactional relationship to a certain extent. And so now at this age, I have to be really intentional about saying, hey, that person wrote to me. I'm going to get back to them and see if we can go have coffee or something. I'm going to get out of the house and I can do that because yeah. I am that classic child who can play by themselves. Mm. And, and so and I don't unlike Andy, I really don't. I get to that point very, very often. I mean, a few times every year, but yeah. it really is true that I can stay on task. Mm. You know, if I have a vision for something that I'm creating, yeah. I can just stay on that task, stay on it, stay on it, stay on it mm. until it's complete. And then of course I have these, you know, perfectionism parts where, you know, I have a vision for what completeness or wholeness looks like. But yeah, so this time of my life, I'm working on <clears throat> more on on less being less transactional yeah. uh, with with other people and just being personal, just being with people, mm. um, and also being a public person. That's something that you learn that that um, there are people who are coming to you for transactional reasons. But we've been so fortunate to spend so much time around younger people mm -hmm. in our life. Excellent. And and they may, you know, like for me, I may meet with a young songwriter. And of course, they're hoping that I can help them in some way. But really, ultimately, they want to be heard and they want to be known. And they mm -hmm. want to have somebody who's present with them. 
And so in the early days of, of our work, when I was doing that uh, Mm -hmm. with musicians, Mm -hmm. oftentimes that part of their person that, that they were so hungry to be fulfilled in that way, Andy would meet them Mm -hmm. there so quickly. You know, whereas I wouldn't even wake up to it until like, you know, three weeks down the line, but she would pick up on it and she would be the person that would really lean into them, hear their stories, feed them, care for them. And in that way, we really, really worked well together in terms of loving and caring for people. Yeah, Krista, a a part of our story is that for most of our life in Nashville, we lived in a place called the Art House, mm-hmm. <clears throat> which was a a 100-year-old church that we made into our home and recording studio and a gathering place for community. And we in that in that life, we had many, many people in our home all the time, kind of in and out all day long or house guests or gatherings and so that was a, a sweet spot, spot for me in terms of relationship and I could really go the distance with people but I also really had a place a shut off where I just needed to go and be by myself and go close the door yeah so so it was a challenge in that way but we it's something we were both called to and we lived for about 25 years mm. Mm. Um, so that that was a big part of our story and us learning really who we who we are and who we were and yeah yeah that's beautiful and i think that it helps us to see the hospitality that god gave you as a gift as a couple when i try to work mm-hmm. with couples i often think what is your unique mission together the way you shine mm-hmm. for christ and that is beautiful you bless so many people on not only a wide level but a very deep rich level when you spend time in your home um i also mm-hmm. hear you saying andy that when you were dealing with all of these people in your home, the introvert part mm-hmm. of you really needed to be exposed to. Um, tell us if you <laughs> felt like, and I feel like this, I want you to know that fours and twos have an arrow to one another. So uh, in other words, a very mm. close dynamic relationship. So you obviously have both pieces, but okay. it might help you to distinguish. And after we get off the call, I can even do a little bit of a deeper dive that I'm not comfortable doing on the show mm-hmm. just because I love privacy too. But um, yes. here, I just want to say like, um, what I was going to ask you is, did you feel like you felt too bad to tell people when you needed a boundary or were you like, I have to have this. I know I need to withdraw and I'm just going away. It was something that I re I think we were learning it all the way through. (laughs) Okay. Because we, we didn't start out in the, in the very beginning. We didn't really start out with any, any boundaries, any knowledge of how we were going to do this. This really big thing and, you know, live inside of it all the time. Yeah. And so we learned the whole way through and Mm -hmm. we were the further, the older we got, the more we understood our need for boundaries, but um, actually putting them into place was very difficult. Wow. Uh, Just the way everything was set up. um, It was difficult. So I didn't even learn the words introvert and extrovert and what they meant until I was pretty far into that life. And I was doing some therapy and we, you know, did a, I think it was a Myers-Briggs test. And when I even learned that much, it was like the world opened up Mm -hmm. and I understood, oh, that's, I just can't be with people 24 (laughs) seven. It's very good and healthy in the way God created me, Yeah, you know, to need some privacy and need some space and Mm -hmm. I can come back and I can be with people and I can be fruitful in it. But, you know, the boundaries and the limits limitations are actually good and right. Mm -hmm. And so that was kind of revolutionary Mm -hmm. uh, for actually both of us to understand that. And, but I don't think there was ever any point where we could perfectly put that into place, but we kept trying. We kept trying. Oh, 
Oh, and I think Jesus shows us that in the stories of the Bible yeah. as well, because sometimes he would say to the disciples, keep on going, keep on giving a little longer. Mm-hmm. And yet he would go to the lonely places and on the mountain. And so you guys are really saying you walked that out. You lived it out. You learned it together. Sometimes there's bumps in marriage when one of us learns it a little faster, which I think is fascinating That's for right. the marital yeah. shadows when we yeah. try to pull the other one into our learning and the other one's not ready yet. So you mm-hmm. guys have so much richness. I love how you're aware of that. Um, and as I said, we can let our audience kind of deduce. And also I'll just like super brief after we end, um, give you a couple more distinctions, but tell us a little bit about just the creativity um, that you both obviously have as writers, as producers, as musicians. Um, what do you feel like that does for those of us listening who want to become more creative, but we're like, I don't have time. Um, what does that do for us emotionally when we allow ourselves to create, to spend time in that space? Do you want to? Yes, I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll jump in. I don't think I can remember a time where um, imagining and creating wasn't an essential part of my emotional framework. Mm. Um, in fact, uh, in the last couple of years, I've actually had to address the the subject of imagination, um, not in a positive way, but to look at the negative side effects of it Mm -hmm. as well, Mm -hmm. in terms of an escape, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, almost like abuse (laughs) problem, right? You know, Uh, whereas uh, it was such a safe place for me. And I think that that goes back to my childhood Hmm. um, in in ways that uh, the tricky part for me was that if if I had used imagination and creativity to create a safe place for myself as a child, continued that pattern into adulthood, what ended up happening is the world applauded me for it. Mm. Right. So not only was it good for me, like, yeah, that's good for my brain, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. but now it's good Mm -hmm. for my family and my pocketbook and, you know, bank account, all of that sort of thing. Right. And Mm -hmm. so it wasn't until decades and decades that I could really get to the point to see that, okay, this, this is the imagination C.S. Lewis calls the organ of meaning Mm. is such a powerful tool. I mean, a human being in two seconds can imagine enough work for a thousand people to take 30 years to accomplish, right? That's how powerful the imagination is. So it it is, it can be a very, very tricky, dangerous tool, Mm. (laughs) And uh, when you get rewarded for using it over mm-hmm. and over and over again, mm-hmm. it may take you some time to realize that, you know what, this is also your drug. Mm-hmm. And this is also how you escape responsibilities, how you uh, put life together in a way that doesn't allow for others to enter in or to hear their voices and respect their voices. And so there's a lot of complexity for me surrounding that, that subject that I've been working out, working through for the last seven years um, Mm. and getting clarity on, but, uh, but it is, you know, so I'm, I'm both saying that of course it's, it's a beautiful uh, thing. It, it's emotionally enriching. It's my sweet spot, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but I've also come to see that there can be not a darkness in the fruit of it specifically, mm-hmm. like in, in terms of what one is making, mm-hmm. but but maybe um, that just learning that, look, are you escaping? You know, are you running towards something or running away from it? Yeah. And uh, And just making sure that, that that imaginative creative work is based in love, based in community, based in family, all mm. those things, and just keeping those at the forefront of your direction. Mm. 
That's really interesting. It goes with what you told us about just being in that three space of it's a future thinking type versus present or past. And so the transactional experiences, like you said, were very rewarded in the creativity space even. So even mm -hmm. as you two now have come so far with your creativity and you've um, brought generations forward, it could have all been lost if you never maintained this gaze of presence, if you That's never right. allowed it to saturate your family. So it's mm -hmm. fascinating because even though we're welcoming people to follow your lead in creativity, thank you for reminding us all. It's not worth your relationship. Staying present has been such a gift to you in these last seven years, it sounds like. It has. It's been uh, really the, um, I mean, you know, being together this long, obviously, Lots of mountaintop experiences, lots of deep valleys, near drownings, fires, yeah. you know, everything. Yeah. Uh, but I think we would both say that um, these last few years in the healthy place that we're in right now um, and in the communion that we share together now, having, in a sense, survived one another and, and, and the uh, the world um this is a beautiful spot that we're in we're very grateful yes and and if i might just add a word about yeah. so we we both have a very anchoring theology in that imagination and creativity are given to all of us embedded in our being by god and mm -hmm. so there's there's just there's so much that you know, we, we're creating all day long. We're thinking about it. We're not saying, Hey, here's the thing we're going to go create. And some things we are, yeah. but also there's even for me and for both of us, we think of creating memories with our family, creating memories with our Great grandchildren, food. creating a mood in the, in a room, creating a meal, which is something that I do and have done for much of my life is, is to cook and cook for just to keep us going, but also for lots of other people. And, um, I'm a gardener, uh, you know, there's just so many ways that we're imagining for good and mm -hmm. we're, then we're creating it. And it, it's just a, a very wide world of, um, it's not small, it's very big. And according to the gifts and the callings that God gives each one of us, we have all kinds of ways that we live out what it means to imagine and create for the good of others yeah. uh, in a lifetime. So it's really a big, big topic. Yes, it is. And I think what, what, what I was alluding to more was probably my function in, inside the, um, you know, sort of the entertainment corporation, mm -hmm. that that whole mm -hmm. interaction over decades and decades yeah. of, of, in a sense, making products, you know, that go out into the world, whether those are songs or films or books or whatever mm -hmm. it might be, mm -hmm. which comes with its own unique, unique challenges, yeah. you know, just as, you know, serving a uh, hundred people in your, in your own home comes with its own unique challenges uh you know serving them breakfast lunch and dinner which we've we've actually done so mm -hmm. wow yes you guys are really uh reminding everybody of that and honestly i recently heard a study that shared not everyone was creative and it goes against everything we share on this podcast and that you just oh, shared yeah, and i'm just so sure. comforted to hear uh, you guys say that that everyone has uh, creativity Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, yeah, we don't we don't like to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we do like to hear everyone has great. Yes, yes, but we don't like to hear people say that, you know, I mean, in fact, so much of our early ministry work was was working with people who were say, you know, I'm not the creative one. It's my sister who is. It's like, whoa, 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 hold yeah. on there. No, let's let's start again. <laughs> Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Everyone is clapping right now in their cars. Or <laughs> from like, yes, I'm creative too, even if I'm a scientist or a math teacher or Absolutely. whatever well, we of course. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. 
Right. And so thank you. Just expanding us a little bit here. And mm -hmm. you guys have created such yeah. a beautiful book. We're all excited about. Yeah. Um, and, that, and I would say that mm -hmm. that subject is covered pretty extensively in the book. Yeah. So yeah. for your listeners who want to do a deep dive into that and into the imagination and creativity subject, then definitely find that in the book. That's what we're hoping. Okay, good. And also, I want to ask you, as we uh, transition to talk about the book, um, tell us what you guys would like to also about your start in creating. Um, just if you want to give us any backstory, feel free. Or you can just tell us about why you felt like this book was the right time right now. Mm -hmm. Great. Why don't you start with what your husband did to you? <laughs> <laughs> well, and then how we got tricked together. Okay. Well, we began this book by one day, Chuck and I call Charlie, I call him Chuck. Uh, that's who he was from the time he I met him. Uh, he wasn't a Charlie yet. But uh, he came to me one day a couple of years ago and said, Hey, do you have essays that have been uh, published, do you have them printed out somewhere? And I said, sure. I got them for him. He started looking at them and went from there to um, what we thought might just be doing something with those uh, pieces that we had written over years of really from living our life. And we had written as as kind of as we lived and experienced our- Combining. Yeah, combining. Maybe our, 10 from her, 10 from me. Yeah, so then uh, fast forward and we find ourselves- Yeah, our book yeah, agent. Yeah, our book agent got involved and um, a publisher had a real vision for- um, those essays and and thought, well, this is great, but mm -hmm. what if you were to take these and, you know, some of them were written 20 years ago. What if you were to take these and to think through, you know, where you're at today? Mm -hmm. And uh, and then not only that, what if you were to completely reimagine them as letters written to a specific audience? And so that was really a great door that she opened and we walked through it. But the way I say that we got tricked into it is because we really did think we were aggregating and compiling essays and then just publishing them, you know, in a book. We didn't realize yeah. that we were going to get, you know, fully immersed again in, mm -hmm. you know, major mm -hmm. book publishing world and, and rewriting, you know, most of the material. Yeah, which ended up being what? such a good thing oh, because our yeah. fantastic editor yeah. oh. came in and said, you guys, this is the time to say everything that oh. you never said before. Oh. Go in oh and just, oh. I can't remember her words anymore, but basically yeah. just go in and begin to write over again. So we did, and we have a completely... Um, a book that we're so proud of now, and that feels very current. It it tells it's a book of stories and reflections uh, from from our life, and that are applicable to anybody on on a multitude of subjects. And with the uh, the the name of the book is why everything that doesn't matter matters so much as we went in and kind of realized everything that we're saying is the things that often uh, get, you know, put out front as the most important things you do in your life, yeah. which might be only a few things, maybe yeah. with titles or like your bio and your blurb, yeah. you know, yeah. as if yeah. that completely defines. Yeah. yeah. And there's <laughs> so much more. And in Christ in particular, just everything that we do that mm -hmm. he calls us to and get the life that he gives us has so much meaning, you know, and everything. Have two quotes too that really define that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, yeah. And I, I do have, I've written a whole, there's a whole chapter 
from me um, called Why No Part is Too Small to Matter to Those Who Need Reminding of the Greatness of Small Things. But that is, yeah, so that's a theme of this whole book for each one of us mm. to really see uh, that the life God gives you is it just you you can't like you have to understand the importance of the small thing e even as much as doing the small things to keep life going in a household you know mm. i never use the word mundane i don't i don't like it and i don't mm. think any anything is mundane i think mm. small things add up and over months and years uh they're very you know, all the different parts, even for Chuck being a record producer, there's so much to it other than just the big blast at the end when a project is finished and you've got a record and yeah, you know. Yeah. And you're making me think of, I believe it's first Corinthians 12, but all the parts having honored, even the small mm -hmm. parts. Mm -hmm. And exactly. you're sharing that there's joy and love and touching each part of our lives when we remember that these are not insignificant. Thank you for saying you don't like the word mundane. I don't like it either. <laughs> I didn't know I did like it till you said it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. yeah. I think God. it's 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 kind of yeah. a dim diminishing word. So yeah. I think, so I I think for us, the, um, <clears throat> I, I like to say that we are fortunate to have really great um teachers up close and from mm -hmm. a distance from the time that we were young christians and mm -hmm. and um uh, not that we didn't get lost now and again because we certainly did but yeah. but i think the idea that there's just there's just literally no stray molecule that god mm -hmm. does not have authority over yeah. um does not um have care over and so because of that, I think it's important for young Christians to get in the habit of, of walking through the world as if it is a non-neutral environment, like uh, mm. just having a mind of non-neutrality uh, mm. where um, everything matters. That doesn't mean you have to give the weight of significance <laughs> to something that it doesn't deserve. It just means that you can be aware that there's no small things, there's no small people, there's no small places in terms of God's view of it. Mm. And so therefore you can have this sort of preparedness and readiness to interact with the world and, and people mm. at both the micro and the macro level. Mm. And that's what you see in the scripture, right? I mean, you see in many ways, when you read through Genesis, you're reading this macro story mm. uh, of poetry, right? And yeah. uh, an origin story. And then Jesus arrives on the scene and he turns it into the micro story, right? And makes it very, very personal. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. He lives it out and shows us the resurrection and, you're right that he also uh, does that loving. I love the subtitle of your book, The Way of Love in a World of Hurt, mm. because he certainly experienced that. I know we can really think on that when we're in that space. Um, tell us why you felt like this world was in a space where this was essential. Like I said at the beginning of today, I feel that with you. I feel like we needed your words. We need your reminders of these small pieces. Is it because we're moving so fast? Is it because you guys see in the producing and creativity world um, some of the things we may not see on the outside? I don't think it's that so much as it, as it's more neighbor to neighbor, uh, mm. friend to friend. Uh, we're seeing it in one another. We're we're hearing the same echoes of of loneliness and brokenness and mm. busyness and and the requirements of contemporary life that are in so many ways so inhuman. Mm. And, and and you know, sociologists will talk about us being in a post-human stage. And so mm -hmm. all of the technology and the AI mm -hmm. 
uh, things that we see can be very overwhelming yeah. uh, in terms of feeding into that idea that somehow we're in this post-human state. Um, yeah. And I think uh, what we have on offer is to say, no, 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 I wouldn't go there. I would say that that people who follow Christ, people who are eagerly seeking to know God, are in this heart-mind position um, where they want to know how to be an authentic person, whether it's 2024 or 1024, <laughs> you know, and, and that's really what what's at play. It's it's to it's to follow Jesus in 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 your time, which will have its unique challenges, right? Mm -hmm. But 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 in terms of being human, not really that much different. Mm. And so we want to bring people back to those. The, the hungers, mm -hmm. um, the affirmations, and um, just the um, the love of God for humanity, and mm -hmm. and Jesus being the one who's going before us and preparing the way for us to walk in and for us to have that confidence, mm -hmm. and then don't be on your own. Be in community so you can say, hey, yeah, I, I hear all that. And that's great. I believe it. Yeah. But God help me in my unbelief because mm -hmm. walking it out day to day is really, really difficult for mm -hmm. me. And then when you tell that to your brother or sister, to your people in community, they don't reject you. In mm -hmm. fact, they say, hey, come close, mm -hmm. come closer. Right. And that's what we're trying to do through this book is to paint mm -hmm. a little bit of a picture of that kind of community yeah. um, that has a very wide view of what we've talked about before, a very wide view of imagination, creativity, mm -hmm. a very wide view of the invitation that God has given to us through Jesus. Mm -hmm. and, and also to just say, you're not on your own. Mm -hmm. And you know what? You think you're broken? Mm -hmm. <laughs> hey, spend some time with me and yeah. and you'll you'll get to see what broken is, you know. Yeah. And and yet and yet you're I'm not going to reject you and yeah. you're not going to reject me. Yeah. And um mm -hmm. we're going to walk this story together uh, because we're not just doing our story. We've actually stepped into a very long story of God interacting with the human family. And so, so much of the book is about that invitation. Mm. Wow, it's so needed. And like you said, very timely in the way that we have this uh, AI revolution upon us and the cynicism that has come to everyone with bated breath. Are we going to be taken over by <clears throat> hogs? And yeah, so yeah. I like how you're saying, no, there's no way God made humans uniquely, but we mm -hmm. have to have community. We have to be vulnerable. We have to be authentic. We have to share who we really are. And your book, it sounds like very daring and risky in a great way to help people to see that versus just three formulas. It's like, no, let me invite you on this deeper walk and let us pour out what we've learned along the way. Um, mm -hmm. So um, before love we hear, in, yeah, I'd go ahead. I, well, I was, I was just going to say, I'd love to hear Andy say a few words about formula. Oh, oh. formula. You know, for, well, <laughs> just formula. No, to me, it never works. I don't want to hear formulas. I don't want 10 steps. I don't want five things that work. I I think we all, um, I want people to be human together. I want it to be safe for us to be human and needy and vulnerable. Yeah. And to understand that that is the way we are there. Mm -hmm. That is what we need. Um. We need to be in the room with each other, or we actually need to be with who we are with. Mm -hmm. um, we need to sit around tables together and share a meal. And that is actually one of the most countercultural, mm -hmm. um, important things that we can do is just to have these very human times where we just we're just getting to know each other. We're learning each other's stories. We're mm -hmm. we're listening. Mm -hmm. 
Mm. We're asking questions. We're bringing a hospitality of spirit, a hospitality of curiosity. Um, we, we are welcoming people and extending the welcome of God um, without a banner mm. over it, but it's just yeah. something that, you know, I've, I've found over the years that the table of hospitality is one of the safest places that you can be mm. as people are just doing the very human needy thing of eating together and, yeah, you know, sh sharing stories and getting to know each other or, or going deeper if we already know each other and, or creating the rituals that, um, you know, make a safe place for our kids or our grandkids of, you know, those repetitive things that become traditions, just all of that. It, I think it just really feeds into something we need as human beings. Mm -hmm. And I think God is very present mm -hmm. and that has made, made us to need those kind of things. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, the 10 steps to anything kind of approach. Yeah, we have not our formulas. Yeah, yeah. We and and let me just clarify by saying that we know that felt needs are real. Yes. Oh, absolutely. And, but we also know that um, marketing to felt needs is not the answer. Jesus comes with open arms to embrace all felt needs. And he's mm. selling nothing. Mm. And that's the kind of people that we want to be in his pattern mm. uh, that he has established. Mm. Um, and I know that's difficult. I mean, I know that, you know, believe me, again, you know, working with entertainment corporations my whole life, I know that all marketing drills down to felt needs and all language is constructed that way. But, um, you know, that's why I pointed to Andy to talk about uh, formula because mm -hmm. she's been so faithful in just staying, staying, staying uh, away from this, mm -hmm. even in all of our development of, of organizations and things that we've done with nonprofits and whatnot. It's mm -hmm. just always been, We've just been the people in the room that are just really hard to sell to mm -hmm. <laughs> because, because we we don't like reducing mm. the um the whole big world of following Jesus into the world, um, down mm -hmm. to slogans and and mm -hmm. to uh elevator pitches and all of that. Um we do love introducing people to uh, what we've come to believe is an authentic life of following Jesus, mm. which is way more complex mm. and relational mm. than and, and mysterious, mysterious <laughs> than yeah. we'll ever fit in an elevator pitch. <laughs> oh, the mysteries of God are, are yeah. so beautiful. And I love how you said we can't just quickly, abrasively or mundanely, uh, mm -hmm. you know, fit things into these little tiny boxes that we yeah. make. Um, yeah. you're like, this is daily living. You can't just check off people. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. I heard you say earlier, you can, however, take breaks and introvert and find good ways to self-soothe. Um, Absolutely. like we both said, like there are pieces that need to be attended to, mm -hmm. but within it all, if we're going to gather around that table, let's, like you said, not shame people with who they really are. Let's let them share. Let's be authentic back. Yeah. Oh, I love that. We can find yeah. that in your book and you can just encourage mm -hmm. people who are, I think many of us very weary at times. Yeah. Um, so thank oh, you. So are we. Yes. So are we. Yeah, we, are we absolutely are. Yes. And we yeah, woke we woke up weary this morning. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> thank you for being honest about that. Everyone here is simple because we're like, we're not perfect. Are they perfect? They're, they're so successful. Mm. And it's so nice to hear that you guys are real too. It's just beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yes. And we got to see your four pieces a lot there with your authenticity and uniqueness desires, Andy. So we'll check in later, but we also saw your two with your hospitality, but um, <laughs> tell us where everybody can uh, really get to 
this book and when, and just what we should do to get more of this wonderful conversation. Okay. Thank you. Well, today um, marks the first day that uh, the cover book cover is revealed and pre-order begins. Yeah. And so that is, uh, you know, with Amazon, but also that that's where they would like to see it in the beginning. But also we have a, fa- a very favorite um, well, we have a local bookstore that we love uh, is Parnassus Books in Nashville. Um, we have a bookstore that we love called Hearts and Minds Books in Pennsylvania, which is heartsandmindsbooks.com. But so really anywhere that books are sold, you mm-hmm. can pre-order yeah. now. And the book is actually, Wonderful. physical book is available on March 12th, but mm-hmm. pre-order begins now. now. Yeah, as we're talking, yeah. 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 And, and, you know, I mean, this is the kind of thing where uh, if somebody does pre order and they are, you know, uh, use Amazon, it's interesting that if you do pre order, uh, it's helpful all the way in the whole retail scape, you know, um, in terms of, of getting uh, positioning for a book and, so, so if any of your listeners are, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll help, I'll pre-order. You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't hurt. But oh, it's great. But it's a uh, very big help. But really, for us, uh, we um, we're just grateful for the opportunity to have this book out. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're big supporters of the small bookstores and mm-hmm. want to see them um, receive the book and do well with it. And uh, really, honestly any place that people can find it, including the library, you go for it. And we pray that you'll be uh, encouraged and blessed by it. Oh, thank you. Oh, that's beautiful. I love it. And thank you for letting us know how we can bring this message out, uh, light from darkness. So thank you guys. So beautiful. Thank you. Thank you, Krista. Absolutely. Guys, thank you so much for being part of this conversation with us. Wow, we have so much that we have gleaned, and I was already challenged to put it into practice as my type 4 daughter uh, ran into my office after this whole production, and I was laughing because I was like, there it is, and she was on my floor needing to just talk and moan and (laughs) think and take time together, and that's what I want to encourage all of us to do is to just let our people sit with us and be more present and allow this book to transform our lives, allow this conversation to transform our lives. And just make sure you take one thing from today about rest, about helpful, healthy rhythms, about healing, about vulnerability, and bring it to people. There are safe people who want to do this work with you. And I'm so glad we can do this together. Check out the show notes for all that Charlie and Andy have to offer there. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you again for listening with us. It was so so wonderful to have you. I love knowing we're doing this journey together, not perfectly, but with love, grace, and hopefully some fun too. If you love today's episode, make sure you leave us a five-star review at Apple Podcast or Spotify so others can find it too. Visit our show notes so you can get all the links from today's show, as well as anyagramandmarriage.com, the Instagram, the Facebook, and all over the place. Make sure you spread the word. Love living intentionally with you. Bye-bye.